0: And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Just before we bring in inside sports raid, Wilkins, We circle back to Oilers Now trivia brought to you by Greta Global Street Food, Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. We had Bruno Muller on the show and uh, from Karen Transportation. And we were talking, uh, Kevin Lowe mentioned that. Uh, Bruno did the pronunciation because of Kirk Muller. So the trivia question today was name the Oilers farmhand who is a son in law of Kirk Muller. The correct answer, Brendan Escott, was Brad Malone. So congratulations to Graham P., who called in and actually was the first caller and he got it right away. Good job, Graham i uh, I've always liked Brad Malone. Good guy. Uh, I can see him. I could see Brad Malone being a guy that ends up being in hockey operations as a development coach uh, down the road. This is Oilers Now. We'll tell you Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. At this time, we bring back aboard Reed Wilkins. Hi, Reed. How was your weekend?
1: Well, it was quite good, Bob. I watched a bit of NCAA football on and off on Saturday, but very on and off, and a lot of flipping. So, to be honest with you, well, you know what I watched? I wound up watching a lot of the USC UCLA game, which was a pretty exciting finish. UCLA went ahead with a kicked by their freshman kicker and then usc got a long punt a long kickoff return a long pass and a toss to the end zone and uh that was it they got the victory so that was a pretty exciting game and then i watched the seahawks uh boy, the Jets are awful. Like, they just can't even do anything. I mean, I guess they, they had the ball in scoring range four times and missed three field goals, but they they didn't really come close to getting a touchdown, so the Seahawks did what they uh, were supposed to do. And the Bills are good. I mean, they, they, they thought they were really impressive against the Steelers. I think uh, Pittsburgh's looking a little one-dimensional on offense the last couple of weeks. Maybe teams are starting to figure out how they attack a little bit. I think the Bills are, are going to be right in there. They're pretty fun to watch.
0: All right. Uh, we'll start with USC and UCLA. As you know, I've been to that game. Uh, I went in the fall of, 2000, or well, I guess it would have been December of 2004 uh, with uh, Ken Nichols and uh, Jack Cookson. Uh, we joined a group that included Drew Shamahorn from Elite. Uh, uh, Coach, uh, who is unfortunately no longer with us, but everybody in St. Albert and Edmonton knows who I'm talking about. Just a great guy. Uh, it was an electrifying, exciting game, but the worst part was the next day we went to go see the Chargers play, and it was an absolute rainstorm. And uh, I got a call telling me that a player on the U of A was going to test positive, I was the SID at the time, Reed, test positive for pot. And the worst part about that, just just think about that today, because, of course, now it's legalized, uh, is we had had a phone call, read in 2004, in the summer of 2004, and some NIMBY... Uh, wanted to, we need to disclose whether or not our student athletes are using pot. And I'm So I'm on the call with a bunch of athletic directors and I'm like, why would you do this? Seriously, why would you subject your student athletes to being tested for pot in a year that we may not have the NHL? The only time you're going to get any stories out <laughs> is when you have this athlete test positive. Well, we have to show everybody how serious, I'm like, We're talking pot. They're gonna legalize it one day. Why would you do this? And sure enough, Reed, that was the only year that it was a full violation. Uh, The U of A was hosting the University Cup that year. They had a player. It's a pretty good player too, who uh, came from the NCAA and came into the Bears program. Played half the season. He was basically their second line center for the first half of the year. Still one of the stupidest, narrow minded decisions of all time. Like, think about that. Think about that today. There, you know, I don't know about you, but you drive around Edmonton and how how many stores are out there for people to get cannabis
1: well i I remember that story well because that player uh played in the ajhl while i was covering the league and his uh his dad coached in the ajhl and i got to know the the dad very well over the years as well yeah that struck me i i remember that at the time and it, it struck me as a bit of a an extreme reaction to, like you said, something that we we probably knew was was being used uh, fairly, you know, well, who knows how widespread. But I don't think this was the only player in, in CIS hockey it was, or CIS sports at the time who uh, who might have been uh, enjoying that narcotic every once in a while. But yeah, I, I I do remember that, and I remember thinking, like, seriously, this is this is being made to be that big a deal, and possibly uh, really taken away a lot for for this young man to be able to play with the U of A Golden Bears.
0: Well, this is what happens when you have, uh, the head of the CIS at that time being a former, uh, field hockey coach. I mean, just the lack of, I- I'm like, we're in a lot, NHL lockout here for 0405. We don't need negative publicity. Half the people listening to the show right now, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my whole theory on this read was they just, they should just legalize it and tax it. I don't even, I don't even smoke, right? I don't, I, that's not my thing. Uh, I'd rather drink, but, you know, like, I, I was just like, why would we test for this? Like, ser- I mean, the, the joke at one point was, I think you trust the ones that smoke more than the ones that don't. Well, that was kind of the joke back in the mid-2000s. And it, it, it just it just shows you how things could change. Like, like, here's the thing. Anabolic at- performance steroids rate, absolutely all day, right? Test for it, right? Uh, test for it. Right? We get it. But, but stuff like that, it just seems silly. And so that's what I remember about being on that trip to go see USC and UCLA play. Now, you mentioned the C. Seahawks and yes. the Jets and the Jets. Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that Trevor Lawrence tells New- the Jets not to draft? him?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, they might not win a game. And I realize, sure, they've had some close losses. But, I mean, they get, they got pummeled yesterday, and they've been pummeled in other games as well. Like, they don't look like they're close. They, 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 you know, sometimes a team goes – in the NFL goes 4 and 12 and you look at them and say you know what they they could have won 7 or 8 games and maybe they're a year away from from actually contending for a wild card spot it, maybe not jumping from that to a Super Bowl though it has happened Brandon look up the uh Rams record before the greatest show on turf uh exploded in either 99 or 2000 I think they were 4 and 12 the year before Kurt Warner took over uh, after Trent Green got hurt of course in the, in the preseason but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know when when players do that, it's it's frowned upon. Uh, certainly, you know, Lindros, there's still people who hold that against Eric Lindros, right? That that he wouldn't go to Quebec and eventually force to trade to two teams. Maybe he should have played 40 for the Rangers and 40 for the Flyers when he was a rookie. Um, but there's also been some pretty high-profile fo- players that have done that, and then... Um, you know, they sort of become who they are and you forget about it. And two of great examples are from the NFL. You and I have spoken about John Elway a lot. And don't forget Eli Manning. Uh, was it the Chargers he refused to yes. go to? Yes. Did, did they actually draft him and immediately trade him or did yes. they trade the pick? I think they actually drafted him and they then draft they already had the trade the, right. worked out. So it, it does happen, but that's the thing. I mean, I look at that the, the Jets and I've seen bits and pieces of other games and it's not like... Oh, they have a couple of really exciting receivers and you know, they're just, their best players are, are average at, at best. I mean, like, what were they saying? they Their only pro bowler? The, the, the only, uh, like, Frank Gore's the only connection
0: to a pro bowler or something like that? Well, I might have one this year. And that was, year. that was um, years um, ago. Yeah, they got one good defensive lineman. Like, they, it's, they, got, a, they got a bad club. This is going to be an interesting situation to watch with the Jets. Uh, you know, we had, I mean, we had people in Toronto. It's funny, it always seems to come from Toronto. But, oh, you guys better watch it with McDavid. I'm like, he went to Erie. Like what what part of watch it you know, there there's like there there are players that you know, that organizations have selected number one that didn't want to go to Erie in the OHL and part of it was school related, but it was you know, it so I just, I don't know, man. Like, I kind of watch what's going on there. You, you just, you watched that game yesterday. It's a terrible football club. Um, cause the top two picks in the NFL draft read are probably going to be, uh, quarterbacks. The, the quarterback at Ohio State is going to be the number two pick. So Chris, uh, Chris, who works on the Jalen show coming up next will be all pumped up about that. Their quarterback's <laughs> li- likely to go number two, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting one for me
1: yeah it is and and you wonder how how quickly the jets can turn that around and i and i feel i i feel bad for the coach because i don't even know how you evaluate his coaching ability and then the the call that cost them the game against the raiders uh, you know the defensive coordinator takes the fall for that and um you know, I had a really good chat actually with Tom Higgins on on my show about what happens in a late game situation like that. And Tom said, "There's like, there's no excuse for blitzing like that. Like, you should never do that. You should know that if you're up by that many points in that situation, you're going to fall back and, uh, and and defend." But you look at the and and the players. It's not like okay they're having a bad year, but players want to go there. I mean Jamal Adams, who's one of the Seahawks' best players, he might actually be their their best player this season. As good as Wilson has been, when Adams has been in the lineup, he's been incredibly dynamic on defense. He didn't want to play for the Jets; like he he wanted out of there because he he knew there was actually uh, absolutely no hope. Now, having said that, Bob, if you're the top pick in the NCAA, is that how you want to start your pro career by saying you don't want to go there? would you, you know, these guys are alpha males. They want to be the man. So does Trevor Lawrence say, okay, yes, I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to be the guy you're going to build around me. And by year two, year three, we're going to be a lot better. I mean, the Colts were horrific when Peyton Manning went there. and I believe they only won one game in his rookie season. And then after that, they were a super bowl contender every year. So maybe Lawrence is going to say, that's the formula I want to be. I want to be the Peyton Manning for the jets.
0: All right. Uh, Justin Fields, by the way, is the quarterback with Ohio State. Uh, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, posters on the wall. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I had I, Okay, this, this could get a little humorous. I, I had Gila Fleur and Roger Staubach, okay, and later the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Mark has texted the show to say, Bob, how can we take Reed seriously when he has a Spider-Man poster on his wall? Do you still have that Spider-Man poster on the wall?
1: Uh, I do not have a Spider-Man poster. I have, uh, I do have Spider-Man artwork on the wall. A friend made a, uh, I don't know what it is. A cross stitch or something like that. Can I,
0: can I tell you it, something right now? Hudson's listening to the basement, going, why can't Reed be my dad? Well, I don't
1: I don't I don't think he would even wish that humorously, but uh I had the one oddly enough, the one athlete I had uh in high school was I had Patrick Waugh because I really started liking him in that incredible playoff in nineteen eighty six. So I did have a Patrick Waugh poster for a few seasons, I guess, maybe a few years. So I, I, I don't know if I kept it up when I when I moved to Edmonton for university. Uh, but I did definitely have a, a couple of Sp- Spider-Man posters. I, I do not currently have a Spider-Man poster, but I do have some Spider-Man artwork. So there you go. And I do have a, a little bit of sports memorabilia on my walls. But poster-wise, uh, when I was a kid, I, I think, yeah, I think probably – Oh, you know what else I had, Bob? You would like this. When I was really little, like early 80s, so elementary school, I had a poster, uh, and it was great goalies. And it was, I believe, it was either four by, like it was small pictures of goalies. It was either four by four, four by five. And it had a lot of goalies who were good in the late 70s. Well, maybe they weren't good. Maybe it was every goalie in the league, but it had like Cheevers uh, and Malosh, Jackman, probably Dryden. Uh, who was the other guy that, uh, who was Cheever's other goalie in Boston? Uh, Eddie Johnson? He, I think I think he might have been there too. I think uh, Cesar Maniego. Like these are guys I can't really remember playing, but I remember I had this poster, but I, like that wasn't one I went out and purchased and knowingly hung. I, I think probably my mom or dad got it or maybe they just somebody gave it to them and they thought okay this will go in reed's room because he likes hockey but i had i had great goalies but looking back i don't think it was actually great goalies i just think it was every goalie in the league from like 1978 or something
0: hey let me ask you this reed uh we talked about this a bit with john shannon do you foresee when are we going to get back to normal in terms of with uh, when i i don't mean talking you know at some point everybody's going to be vaccinated But do you think the days of being in the dressing room are going to be, have come and gone for uh, media for the national? And maybe this is only something that the media care about. I don't know if the listeners care about it, but what do you think?
1: Well, first of all, I think the listeners should care about it because the, the listeners turn to people like you and me for information and we get a, a fair chunk of that information by having access to the dressing room. And it's not only interviews that are recorded and then played or comments that are on the record. There, there are a lot of little conversations that happen off to the side or casually where a player might mention something or, or even tell you and say, Hey, look, I, I don't want my name on this but I know I'm getting blasted for what happened on that goal. Here's what actually happened on the plate where they might say, Hey, you know what? Or, or the other way they might say, Hey, you know what? I know I'm getting a lot of credit for that breakaway, but I, I, I hope at some point you could, could mention, you know, old Booger McBoogerton gave me a great pass three seconds before that. So you do get little tidbits out of the dressing room and it does help people like you and me, Bob, do our jobs and, and enrich the stories that we tell. So for that reason, I think the listeners should at least care to that extent I, I hope those days aren't gone. I, I, I've, I've been very conscious not to complain about the, the changes because I don't think it's an appropriate situation for us to, to complain. I, th- I think that we have to adapt and understand that right now things have to be done differently. But I would hope that at some point there still is dressing room access uh, because I do think it's important. What I can see changing, though, is that if a member of the media appears to have a cough or a sniffle or be sneezing, that the, the media relations people for the team would have the right to say, not today. You're not going into the dressing room. You're not getting our players sick, and you're not going to get other media people in a scrum sick. But I, I don't think that, me, that dressing room access is going to be totally wiped out, and I hope that it isn't, but I certainly understand that for the next season and maybe even season and a half or two seasons, it might have to be extremely restricted.
0: Reid, in your world, is a January 3rd training camp, January 13th start date for the 2021 season doable right now? I don't know if it, if it is that quickly anymore, Bob. I mean, we this just keeps dragging on. I mean,
1: remember when we thought, okay, American Thanksgiving, they got to have something done. Well, now it's almost Christmas. I... I I mean, I guess we'll see. Maybe I mean there could be something that breaks in the next couple of days, but it sounds like it still could be later in the week, and then it's possibly December seventeenth or eighteenth. I realize players are starting to get back to their cities or think about getting back to their cities. I I think the third and the thirteenth is doable. I I wonder if it might get wind up being pushed back by four to seven days. I I would think. By the twentieth, at the latest, we're playing. But again, I mean, this is the same situation with January first. For every other day that goes by, it lowers the chance of, of that actually being the start date. So, look, I think there will be a season. Um, I, I think it's before February at this point. I, I, I don't know if they're quite they're quite going to hit the thirteenth at this rate, though.
0: Reed, uh, you got the night off tonight. Dave Campbell's hosting the show. Dave's hosting the show this week, Bub. Yep. Okay, got to get those days in, Reed. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. You ready? I don't know what to tell you, Bob. January 3rd until uh, we're going all the way until uh, July the 10th. Be ready for it, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. All right. That is Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. Again, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated. For over 50 years, Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list. Other 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Do you want to mention to you there's an old saying in the car business in these parts? cars cost less in with Taskwin, outstanding customer service is a key to business as well brent ridge ford is a nine-time president's diamond award winner for customer satisfaction the year-end event is currently taking place down at brent ridge great people great service fully open and transparent let uncle milt rich johnny in the game at brent ridge lend a hand you can reach them at one 477 3673 or go online at brentridge.com. Hmm. We'll take a time out for a minute here, come back and wrap up the show with a couple of days in Oilers history. You're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet.
0: So I mentioned earlier on the show, this day in Oilers history, back in 1988, Jimmy Carson, he was red hot, scored two goals in the first period. The Oilers just crushed the Maple Leafs 8-2. to That gave Carson 17 goals in 11 games. That's right. He had 17 goals in 11-game run. In his first 32 games as an Edmonton owner, he had 27 goals. He had 46 points overall. He actually had more goals than Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky had 25 at that point uh, through the first 32 games for L.A. Uh, Gretzky did have 50 assists, so he had 75 points. Um but you know what? I mean, Carson was looking like a, a keeper, and it didn't ultimately come to fruition. He requested a trade the next year, four games in a season, and Glenn Sather turned chicken, you know what, into chicken salad. The Oilers got back Joe Murphy, Adam Graves, uh, Peter Klima. They all played a part in the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cup in 1990, and uh, as well as having a pretty good team in '91. Uh, Adam Graves not getting signed by the Oilers. Uh, was part of the reason that Mark Messier ultimately uh, requested a change of address back in the day as well. Speaking of back in the day, Brendan Escott's got another this day in Oilers history for you. Yeah, back in 1983, coming off an 8-4 loss to the Islanders the night before, Wayne Gretzky has three goals and two assists and wills the Oilers uh, to a 9-4 victory over the New York Rangers. And that moved Edmonton's record to 22-7-3 and on the year. What does uh, Dave Campbell, who's guest hosting this week for Reed Wilkins, have uh, inside sports? That is a great question. Uh, Sportsnet Central anchor Ken Reed on that Wayne Gretzky rookie card selling for north of a million U.S. dollars. Uh, last week, you'll hear from Edmonton football team in-game analyst Blake Dermott and then the E coaches show Scott Milanovic, Morley Scott taking over at 7.30. There was a great piece written in the Toronto Star this week about Ken Reed, who we've had on the show multiple times. Uh, Ken used to be part of my train wreck Tuesdays back in the day on uh, Total Sports, and Ken uh, uh, described some of uh, the mental health challenges that he's uh, had along Uh, the way. It's uh, a real interesting story, and uh, I had a conversation with Ken on Saturday. Just a great guy. Coming up uh, today at uh, 2 o'clock, 6.30, chat afternoons, Alberta will administer the first COVID-19 vaccines on on Wednesday, 25,000 additional, uh, 25, additional doses are on the way. Health Minister Shandro, Municipal Affairs Deputy Minister Winnick, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Dina Inshaw, updating everything you need to know about the distribution plan earlier this afternoon. Hear what they had to say and how it impacts you after a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Tomorrow, Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in Alberta's Horse Racing. Racing and breeding industry. Have a magnificent Monday, everybody. Gonna watch the Ravens and the Browns tonight. Be back at you tomorrow. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, six thirty Chad.